0: You're listening to an Irreverent Podcast. For more unholy content from our friends, head to irreverent.fm. Right. Hey friends, welcome to the Speaking in Church Podcast. It's Josie again, flying solo for however long Spencer and the Boo Boo need. Don't ask questions, okay? Just accept the reality of the situation. Well, anyways, today we are joined by our new friend, Dr. Tom LeGrand. How are you?
1: Doing good. Doing good. Uh, uh, Looking forward, you know, our scheduling problems notwithstanding. (laughs) uh, Looking forward to getting this done.
0: (laughs) Yes. Third time's a (laughs) charm. No doubt. Things happen, friends, okay? Life, when you're not a full-time podcaster... It sometimes can be hard to schedule a
1: fucking yes. podcast
0: but anyways tom tell the people a little bit about yourself before we dive into the deep stuff
1: oh man okay so i'm going to tell you where i'm at now and then we can kind of talk about where i was and where i've been great um i am the university chaplain at limestone university in gaffney south carolina Ooh. yeah you know, all right. So this is how everyone is going to know <laughs> where Gaffney is. Mm-hmm. Have you ever watched House of Cards? No. You haven't watched it. Okay. So there is a giant peach water tower in Gaffney. <laughs> oh, yeah. That makes an appearance in House of Cards. And anyone who's ever driven between Charlotte and Atlanta yeah. knows where the big peach is. Hmm. limestone is five minutes from the big peach
0: you know i've driven through there i think i probably was asleep when we passed
1: (laughs) (laughs) if you were awake you would have noticed Yeah, yeah, yeah it is blatantly obvious and um i am also the director of the adama christian leadership program and we are trying to help students kind of grow their faith and grow in leadership qualities that would be more along the lines of christian leadership not christian dictatorship not christian mm. i'm better than you ship Yes, uh, <laughs> those kind of things actual servant leadership what a concept <laughs> yeah i don't know how we missed it you know, yeah yeah it's, it's only been you know a couple thousand years and Oh wait, maybe this is how we should do things. Yeah,
0: you're like a, a real professional Jesus person.
1: Well, in a, in a sense, <laughs> that's because you don't know me that well. <laughs> I just gave you the resume. That's what I send to people when I tell them you know who I am and stuff like that. Uh, okay, that's
0: thinking, how I feel you know, when people ask me about working at a church. I'm like, oh. Uh, I do work at a church but <laughs>
1: let's leave behind the preconception of what it means to be a jesusy churchy type person because i am none of those things
0: yeah uh, people usually get it once they start cursing up a storm
1: <laughs> that's right that's right uh, I, i've done more talking to people about the lord in bars than i have in church amen so, uh, they they certainly are people find out you're a pastor or you work at a church I mean they will tell you anything if they get a couple of drinks in them. Oh,
0: don't I know it.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. Like ma'am,
0: yes. I'm just an administrative assistant.
1: That's right. <laughs> that's not that's not my that's not my journey, you know. Yeah. That's not my journey.
2: So. Yeah.
0: Well, so, tell us about
1: your journey. Okay. Um so I grew up in the deep south in South Carolina. God bless you. It- <laughs>
0: I say as a coastal elite.
1: <laughs> yeah. You're one of these coastal elites that you are um, <laughs> growing up in South Carolina. It is really difficult from this standpoint. It is a love hate relationship for sure. Mm. So you love so many things about South Carolina and then you hate it, but you're the only person that gets to criticize that yep. because I'm from here. Okay. Mm-hmm. So all you other carpet baggers, you know, nah we're not carpet we're not baggers. What right. does that mean? <laughs> oh, if, if you were from the south, you would know <laughs> those are those are those, you know, Yankees that moved down here.
2: Yankees. <laughs>
1: See, you're from, you don't, this is a thing. I am from
0: new America, not old America. Not
1: old America. (laughs) (laughs) So, so seriously, and and I think this kind of illustrates it. I have a friend and maybe you've, you might've heard of Lisa Colon DeLay. She Mm -hmm. is an author and podcaster. I say, friend, she, she grew up with my wife in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and we got connected through Twitter. And then Tracy found out my wife, Tracy found out that's, you know, uh, Hey, that's my friend and stuff. So that was pretty fun. She put up a picture the other day of someone in Pennsylvania wearing a Confederate flag mask. Holy shit. (laughs) And I said, I don't know if I'm, if it's bad that I'm both offended by this as a human being and I'm a little bit offended as a Southerner. All right. You're not allowed to wear that man. (laughs) Yeah. Like where are you? (laughs) I don't ever want to see any of these flags, but you're certainly not allowed to wear that. You don't have the credentials at the very least. That's right. That's right. (laughs) So um, anyway, back to the story. Uh, uh, (laughs) Grew up with my dad was a Southern Baptist pastor. And when I say that, you know, there's a lot of images that come up about being Southern Baptist post 1979, which is when you had this massive conservative takeover of the Southern Baptist convention that my dad was never a part of. Mm. He was always on the outside of that. Um, And really opposed it because he firmly believed in the autonomy of the local church, the priesthood of all believers and that scripture could be interpreted by anyone at any time, and that anyone could preach from the pulpit and do the work of a pastor. And, and, and he believed these were core Baptist principles mm. that others should emulate. Well, of course, the convention went totally away from that. So, so my dad was the outlier um, in that whole thing. So I've never really had to deconstruct Josie, because I never was fully into that scene.
0: You know, I, was always I, kind of, I feel that.
1: Yeah. Evangelical adjacent is what I call myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and a good way to describe that is my dad, when I was young, was a James Dobson fan. Ooh. Well, then a few years later, I remember saying something to him when I was in high school about James Dobson. And he was kind of like. Yeah, yeah, I don't really know about that mess anymore.
0: <laughs> we love a man who can change his mind.
1: That's right. You know, he kind of figured out this is where this train is going, and I'm getting off <laughs> yeah. of it. Yeah. Uh, so, so I really had a a wonderful Christian upbringing, in the sense of I was never it was never you know I had to go to church and all that kind of stuff, but it wasn't forced into my brain or into my soul. Mm. The way that a lot of others have had that and have yep. had to deal with that, so um, I've been kind of an outlier for a long time. Went to Furman University, love Furman University, F you all the time. That is actually a cheer, even when we were a Baptist school.
0: <laughs> I mean, sexual innuendos aside,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I mean, they- Oh, the, the president of the university used to go down to the sidelines <laughs> during football games and leave the F you all the time cheer. And it, it, I mean, it was hilarious. Oh, um, the
0: innocence, the naivete. So, I
1: know, that's <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, Furman University, that's what it stands for, of course. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I love Furman. Uh, they split from the Baptist while we I was in school there. And my dad was like, "Yeah, they need to get out of this mess. Um I was the same way. My wife, who was now my wife, got pregnant when she was a freshman, and I was a sophomore in college.
2: <gasps> so, scandalous
1: scandalous you know and and um and having great parents like I did, they of course stood beside us and and helped us get through that. We've been married thirty one years now um And uh, we have a a 30-year-old son. And people are like, hmm. I'm like, yeah, kids, it's not that hard. Do the math. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, came through that and and, uh, went into ministry, went to Pittsburgh Theological Seminary, pastored churches, and um, uh, did that whole gig and got a doctorate and went to Gardner Webb University for about four years. And this is where the story gets really interesting. Hmm. So I call myself, well, one of my, my Twitter handles is the world's worst pastor. <laughs> I love it. And so that's my blog, world's worst pastor blog, wwpblog.com. I uh, don't get to write enough, but it's up there. And I went from Gardner Web. I was traveling, doing a lot of traveling, working a lot of hours and decided I needed to be home more. So we're living in Greenville South Carolina and I'm driving anywhere from an hour to an hour and forty five minutes each way every day and that really was becoming a hardship took a job at a little church in Greenville little downtown church and it now you California folks don't know anything about this but Greenville is one of the up-and-coming, you know, hot cities. And you, <laughs> yeah, seriously, I mean, you wouldn't believe it. It sounds—it has the ring to it. Greenville. Greenville, yeah. And uh, now, for anybody listening on the podcast, no, Greenville is terrible. Stay away. We don't need you here. It's an awful place to be. Oh, don't move here. Don't come visit. It's awful. Uh- <laughs> uh,
0: quite frankly, please take all of our California conservatives. We don't really want them. No, no, no. no. We got enough
1: of that. All right. We got- <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right all right sorry sorry
1: <laughs> so you, you can keep the ones you have um okay. <laughs> but I, I took a job at this church and, and it was you know i really have decided that i need to stop taking ministry jobs where you have to say hey y'all watch this before you start mm. and <laughs> that was re- you know i knew it was a struggling little church but thought we can make a go of it nice downtown neighborhood um i thought you know pretty financially solid it seemed and and we thought we could really get something going the reason i contacted you all is because i've heard you all talk about the church life and the deconstruction and all the different things that are going on um loved your uh discussion a couple weeks ago Um, and I can't remember his name, but the the man who became an atheist after
0: reading the Bible. (laughs) Mm -hmm. After reading the Bible, yeah.
1: That's right. (laughs) Um, I I get that. I I actually have become more Christian through reading the Bible in my own weird way. Um, But uh, this church... Great people enjoy being there. It took me about a year to kind of get into the vibe of being back in church, mm-hmm. you know, not not doing the academic thing. But about in September of 2018, my dad died.
2: Mm-hmm. My
1: dad passed away. Uh, this was a man who we could do a whole podcast about my dad. I'm trying to write a book about him oh. uh, called Faith of My Father and uh, just his... Emphasis on feeding the hungry, social justice, all the things that he kind of instilled in me. Um, right as that was going on, I just got the feeling something was wrong at the church. It was very much controlled by a little leadership group uh, who didn't tell everybody everything, didn't ever put out a budget, never shared information with people. Hmm. And, and the mistake I made, Josie, I went there on the condition they were going to change some of these things. Mm -hmm. What I should have done is said, if you change these things, then we'll talk. Yeah. And so that was my mistake. Of course, I'm Superman. I can get people to change things and do what they're supposed to do. So yeah, let's jump in and try this. Um, And I kept hearing things about people weren't happy with me. People were upset with me, but I'm hearing it from a select group of leaders and then came the day that we had a meeting with kind of the head of what we called the the leadership team. Very loose word, use of the word <laughs> leadership. Um, this church started with near a Krispy Kreme donut shop oh, in Greenville. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. And they're... Tradition was to have Krispy Kreme donuts every Sunday morning. We had people who were making an hour and a half drive to get Krispy. We moved the church moved before I got there and, and they were driving an hour and a half from their home to the church and then back to their home just to have Krispy Kreme donuts.
2: Oh, my God.
1: Love the dedication. But I said to them, y'all, we don't have to have Krispy Kreme every Sunday. You drive right past the Dunkin'. We can live with that. All right, let's get some, some other that we can do other things besides Krispy Kreme donuts. This is a quote from the head of our leadership team. You slapped every person in this church in the face when you said we didn't have to have Krispy Kreme donuts. This church was built on the foundation of Krispy Kreme donuts.
0: Sir, you need a hobby. You need a TV show. You need some friends. Like what the fuck? <laughs> you have nothing else to be mad about except for that Krispy Kreme donuts.
1: <laughs> he said that line, and I—I I mean, and he said, "Now, see, I can tell you're getting mad," and I say, "Yeah, I'm really mad."
0: How I'm curious,
1: <laughs> That's <laughs> pretty infuriating. dumbest <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> So we kind of ended the meeting and I went home and told my, I said, I will never meet with him again without a witness ever, you know? And, and I just said, this, this is not going well. And Mm -hmm. she's like, we can't make another change. We got to stick it up. So this led up to, and and what I was uh, really made me think in some of your work is we have these mega churches out here who are doing their gig. The pastor makes all the decisions or they have a board um that votes on the pastor salary and they're all other mega church pastors uh you can probably imagine the term that i would use for that whole thing um involves the word circle um (laughs)
0: yes
1: (laughs) but uh my mother might listen to that so i can't say the whole thing but anyway you know might listen to this oh my gosh i'm um, so sorry mom (laughs) no that she'll be all right um but uh Churches are figuring out how the megachurches do it, and they're trying to model themselves after that. Mm-hmm. Even small congregations, what they don't realize is that the damage that can come from trying to do that, especially in a small church, can be even more hurtful than it is in a large church because you can't cover it up. Yep. You have to look people in the face and look them in the eye. Mm-hmm. So this kind of keeps going until, you know, and I realized, uh, I, you know, this is in March, I had another conversation with this guy on the phone and I went home and I said, Tracy, I got to look for a place to go. This is not going to fly. It was at that point that I did what I should have done months earlier. I started going to, in, I mean, it's a small church. I started going to people and asking them, what do you think? And what I found out is the people were fine with what we were doing. They were happy with the direction the church was going. The leaders were not, but they were the ones in absolute control. They had absolute power. Just as you have in a uh, large megachurch model. You cannot have power without accountability. Mm-hmm. It does not work no matter how great your preacher is no matter how wonderful they seem no human being i believe can withstand that kind of control and power without a significant level of accountability Mm -hmm. so as i'm talking to people you know it was easter sunday we got to easter sunday and we had a great service and, and my wife just sat down at easter lunch and she said tom surely we can make this work Oh, these people want us to stay here. They don't want us to leave that we can make this work. And you know, I said, you know, I'm going to do, we're going to do everything we can to see what happens. The next day I was called to a meeting and handed a six week severance package and told that I had to sign it and leave with, and you'll love this, a non-disclosure agreement. Oh, hell no. <laughs> hey, you just quoted my wife. <laughs> so.
0: I would have said, "Fuck your money, I'm telling everybody."
1: <laughs> Listen, I call and I'm at a meeting at this lady's house. We're not even at the church, and they said, "Well, you're not allowed to call your wife." And I'm like, I'm going outside and I'm going to call my wife. all right?
0: Well, they're not your parents, they're not your grandmother. They're, who are they to say you're not you're
1: out. You're not allowed to call outside. Like, no, I'm calling my wife. So, and, and I was going to take the document and let a lawyer know if you leave, you're automatically fired. And so I called my wife and she said, what you just said, hell no, we're not signing anything. We're not mm-hmm. taking the money, nothing. And I said, I'm not signing. And they said to me, you'll love this one too. You're going to wreck the church if you don't want this. And I said, don't you dare put that on me. You already wrecked this church.
0: Uh, The existence of a non-disclosure agreements does not a healthy church make.
1: Amen. Amen. And when you pull one out, when you're trying to get rid of somebody, Mm -hmm. you know that something's not right. Yep. So I said, you know, I'm not signing anything. If you want to fire me, fire me. And they said, well, you're going to be dismissed. And I said, okay. And they said, well, we'll make arrangements for you to come get your stuff out of the office. I said, no, 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 no. We're going now. Mm -hmm. We're going. It's five o'clock in the afternoon. I said, we are going now. I took my truck, my wife and a friend of ours met us out there and we took it all right then. Of course and, you're not going
0: to give them time to move shit around, look through your stuff. Well,
1: no. I took every file cuz every file was mine. It wasn't yeah. church property, it was mine. And so I took all the goods and walked out. With and they said, "Well, we hope you'll be gracious in what you say about the church." I said, "Y'all, I'm going to tell the truth." Mm-hmm. When these people and they're going to ask, I'm telling them what's going on. And by Thursday, they had sent a letter to the congregation, and my phone blew up. Mm-hmm. What is going on? What have these people done? What are?" What? And I said, "Look, they told me. they fired me and, and told the story. They followed up with an email talking about how my uh, pastoral duties had not been fulfilled, and I had been inappropriate on social. So they, they got onto to me about my Twitter account. Which probably was somewhat justified, but, <laughs> <laughs> but they said that I was using filthy language on Twitter. My wife went back to every tweet I had done for six months, and this is the tweet that she could find that had a curse word. I said, see you 2018. Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. I posted that on New Year's Day. Very appropriate. <laughs> My dad died in 2018. Yeah. I was certainly not happy with that year. And, you know, so of course, somebody in the church forwarded the email to me mm-hmm. and said, what are, what are they talking about? And so I zipped off an email to the church and I laid out exact, I said, look, I have screenshotted every tweet I have. I have not deleted any of them. Here is my Twitter account. Here is my Facebook. You can go look at everything I've done. I said I absolutely will talk to any of you. I will answer any questions you have. And the next Sunday, and we were running about seventy people in church at that time. The next Sunday morning, somebody texted me and said we had twenty-two people in church today. That's what I thought. Mhm. Less than four months later, the church closed. Mhm. When we do things like non-disclosure agreements when we're not open and honest and transparent, you know, it's hurt, and it still hurts me in a lot of ways. But it didn't hurt near as bad as those people who lost their church. Yeah. And who lost, you know, someone that they viewed as being a pastor. And, and you know, again, I'm the world's worst, but still, I'm, I'm at least a pastor. <laughs> in some sense of the word. And somewhere along the line, we have got to and I don't think you're ever going to go break up a bunch of mega churches or anything like that. We're not going to get John Piper off the grid and we're not going to get John MacArthur off the grid. And but
0: I will surely try. Let me tell you. <laughs>
1: I'll tell you what, it's hard not to give an effort. It's hard not to give an effort. <laughs> and, and I, I struggle with that because as sometimes in replying to these yahoos, you're actually giving them a bigger platform. Yeah. Uh, but man, sometimes it's hard to, not say something um with this who is this guy this brian salve i don't know if you know who he is Mm-mm. uh th- you're not a twitter person are you
0: i am but i'm ai like to say i'm a well-rounded uh social media person i don't just focus Very on good. deconstruction because i get really mad so i have all the funnies oh, and whatever so i don't catch yeah. everything which is more annoying than not but
1: whatever well you're probably better off and healthier for that
0: (laughs) Uh, maybe yeah (laughs) probably
1: (laughs) but you know this guy's posting all this stuff about how he gets messages from women all the time sending him scantily clad pictures and how biblically we need to correct this and all this stuff and i'm like first of all dude I'm calling BS right now on that. You are, you know.
0: Yeah. Porn robots don't count, honey.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. You do realize there are hookers and porn stars out there who are trying to get you to follow them. That Mm -hmm. doesn't mean she's in your congregation. Mm, Or into you. (laughs) Or into you. That's right. She's into your money. Yeah. She's into your bank. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's about it. So um, it's hard not to respond to these guys, but... What I would hope for is that we would go in a direction of finding places like where you are a small congregation, Mm -hmm. a small fellowship, where we can say we are going to be transparent. We are going to be honest about who's in charge and what's going on. Mm -hmm. And you may need to go smaller in order to do that. So small is not the enemy of the gospel. Uh, in fact, it may be the gospel's best friend right now.
0: It might be the whole fucking point. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Sorry, mom. Sorry, mom. Sorry,
1: sorry, sorry. I was teasing you because if my mom ever listens to a podcast, I I just, if you can get Anne Legrand to do that, it's going to be a scene.
0: (laughs) I feel the same way. My parents don't know who listen to podcasts. I can say whatever I want.
1: My mom still has a flip phone. Mm. She, you know, like somebody was saying, well, can I have your mom's email address? And I just laugh. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's Dude. Kidding me okay. Really.
0: So my mom came from Mexico, but this woman has had every advantage and I don't understand. She doesn't know how to use her iPhone. She has to have an iPhone though. And for Christmas, she wanted an Apple watch. And I was like, mom, oh my, you just learned how to text. And you're not quite certain that Facebook messenger and text messages are not the same thing so you cannot have an apple
1: watch i'm sorry <laughs> not allowed i'm not that much into tech support mom sorry my mom is an
0: 80 year old woman technologically that's right and how old is your mom my mom, um she was born in 69 <laughs> um wow so she's she's 52
1: your mom's a spring yeah. chicken man
0: yeah she, it's pretty unacceptable actually but
1: anyways so so yeah and and when i when i left that here's the funny part of it when i left that job at the church you know and i'm sitting around i was so angry so kind of just furious with this whole thing i was you know kind of the rebel without a clue for that first week and then sunday morning came and we weren't going to church and man i was hurt Mm. Uh, I was hurting. I, I basically I, I said I just need a few couple hours to myself. Yeah. Just came up to the office and really just started applying for jobs. Not church jobs. I just wanted a job. I was like, I can't sit around all day. I I got to find somewhere to work. Yeah. So I ended up working at a pizza restaurant.
2: Hell yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm doing this. You know, I'm doing this. And um, I worked at a pizza restaurant in college. And for, you know, the next 30 years, didn't spin a pie anywhere and went to work for this gourmet pizza restaurant, maybe the best experience of my life.
0: Not even like a Domino's. You're going all in.
1: Oh, no. We went whole hog, man. <laughs> what
0: a palate cleanser. That sounds like a miracle.
1: <laughs> it really was. It You know, and I mean, of course. The first, I learned so much at that place because I'm working with, you know, 16 to (laughs) 24-year-olds. Yeah. You know, I'm a 48-year-old with a PhD. (laughs) And they're like, wait, what? You have a what? (laughs) Yeah, that's doctor to you, kiddo. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So, So I end up. Doing this pizza thing and and really enjoyed doing it, even though it was hard work. First of all, there are some things that we need to understand. And and I thought about you and your discussion of poverty a couple of weeks ago and these issues. People say, well, just go out and get a job at a restaurant. Anybody (laughs) can do that. No, they can't. No. No, they can't. That shit is hard. It is unbelievable. You know, you're in a 104 degree kitchen Mm -hmm. on your feet for five to 12 hours, depending on how long it is. You know, we have waitresses that work a lunch shift and they're like, yeah, I made like eight bucks. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, none of this is nearly as easy as people want to make it out to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, there are people who could not physically, I was in pretty good shape and you know, i work out, I run, blah, blah, blah. Um, I was in pretty good condition and it wore my butt out, mm. wore my ass down to the core every day I worked.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the other thing I learned is that I am an anomaly in that I was one of the, I was the only person in that restaurant who had never smoked marijuana. And this was the most shocking thing to them that I had never smoked pot. And they begged me to go out and smoke pot. With <laughs> come on, Tom. Come on. We'll show you how. We'll show you what it's like. Come we'll on. We'll show
2: come on. you how.
1: <laughs> I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Uh, I, I was uh, at that point. I was not in a good place and was drinking too much. And that was more than enough. I did not <laughs> a to in the equation. Um, so, but I also learned that there are so many students in. in Jesse, going back to college, and I hate to to dive that far back, I was treated better by my professors at this Christian university when it was still a Christian university and my religion department folks than I was by certain people in the church. Mm. Not my home church, but by other people in the church. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, I want to be that for some young person so it was a long term long time getting there but i always wanted to work with college students because i feel like they're in such a vulnerable place Mm -hmm. particularly now and they're trying to figure out their faith and they're like look this doesn't work like i thought it would this is not the way i thought it was going to be and there is a way to find you know not to to um insult our atheist friends
0: (laughs) sorry (laughs)
2: There is a way to
1: find faith without buying into the system. Mm, mm -hmm. And we need more people to find Christ and quit buying into the system.
0: Amen.
1: Because the system doesn't work. Amen. It is flawed and broken and, you know, if it blows up tomorrow, so be it. Mm-hmm. Christ does not depend on the system. The system needs to depend on Jesus. Yep. And so I just really made, and, and that really is what my professor showed me. And I decided I wanted to do that forever. I <sighs> love dogs. Oh my gosh. Dolly, Jack. Oh, stop that.
0: What are they mad at? I'm curious.
1: Can you edit that out? I don't know. Yeah, I can. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, totally.
1: Hang on. Let me get her real quick. Sorry. That's okay. Okay, come on.
0: Come on. Come
1: on. Oh, my Lord. That's my 60 pound lap dog.
2: Oh. Come here, baby.
1: Come here. Come here. Come up. No, she doesn't like this chairman
0: oh yeah she can't get cozy that's
1: right that's right oh man and my other three-legged rescue dog over there so.
2: <gasps> I love three-legged dogs so much
1: I'll it's... send you I'll send you some pics thanks it's, it's quite a scene so <laughs> what the hell was I talking about
0: at that point? I don't even remember um, okay <laughs> we were talking about oh, professor.
2: being professor yeah
0: okay. um, excuse us friends the dogs were acting up so we're back now if we're on a completely different topic mind your business Keep mind listening. Business, that's right.
1: <laughs> the dogs are the dogs and they're yeah. gonna be there doing their thing so um working with these young people in a pizza restaurant they're just all searching mm-hmm. you know some of them had criminal charges that they were trying to get out from under went to college didn't know what to do dropped out couldn't figure things out so i kind of became the chaplain at the Pizza
0: you became the parent. Oh,
1: I, did. I was kind of, you know, doing the junior parent thing, and and it was really, really. I felt like I was able to do ministry there without being a master, and that was a really good thing. It was very therapeutic, um, if you will, and was able to get a couple kids jobs and uh, other places through some connections i had hmm. and you know that working for one went to work for a tech company one went to work for like a nonprofit, and and it was great now i was thinking so what the hell am i gonna do but in- <laughs>
0: <laughs> and get everybody else a nice job
1: <laughs> yeah um with i thought i didn't want to go back to ministry josie i was like i really don't want to i just i just can't i could I, and I, I didn't need to i was too Damaged at that point, uh, still hurting, still stinging. So I went to work for a nonprofit and found out that the nonprofit world can be as crappy as the church world. Oh, God, don't we all know it? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And um, ended up losing a job because of COVID, allegedly. But it was odd that the four people who were let go because of COVID were the ones who were willing to speak up against some of the Racist practices of the nonprofits.
0: Curious. Hmm.
1: Interesting. You know, and uh, creating positions for a white male rather than paying the African American female who had been there the longest. She was the longest tenured employee in the company and had never gotten a raise. Hmm. Interesting. You know. <laughs>
0: hmm. Curious. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and, and of course me being me as, as, as my wife says, I've never met a fight. I didn't like,
0: Ugh, I've never <laughs> identified with something more. That's me. Twinsies, <laughs>
1: you know, so I get into it with the CEO about the fact that we haven't paid, you know, and that we, we let go an African-American or, or did not bring on an African-American employee for some really strange reasons and uh this and that and the other. And I just, I just couldn't sit there and watch that when it went against everything we stated our values to be.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so whatever the reason I was let go the day before I was let go, limestone had called to interview me for the position. Ooh. <laughs> of Ooh. So that is how I landed in at limestone in Gaffney next to the big beach.
0: Wow. Amazing.
1: It really has been a heck of a, a hell of a four years. <laughs> Let me just say that. Yeah. Sorry, Mom, I wow. can't say heck on that one. It's been a hell of a four years. Wowie. So where we are now is, you know, I think there's so much church hurt out there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think we really underestimate, I think a lot of people who are still in the system underestimate how damaging it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've encountered this, so jump in if you have. It seems like pastors who who are anti-deconstruction or deconstruction is is you know bogus, they first of all maybe don't realize just how powerful their voice is mm-hmm. and how much hurt they can cause by misusing that voice.
2: Mm-hmm
1: at some point we have to realize that, yes, first of all, I think we have to realize that the church is made up of human beings. Yes. And that means it's going to be effed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no matter how good those people are, it's going to be a mess. Yep. Because they're humans at all. So we kind of have to de-idealize church life. Yeah. You know, um, well, it's not supposed to happen in church. No, it's not, but it does. And
0: actually argue with that i think it is supposed to happen i think okay people think that deconstruction is this whole like zero to 100 or 100 to zero deconstruction is simply looking into it asking the question and then whatever happens afterward is going to happen afterward and quite frankly, the pastors that are the most anti-deconstruction in my head are, oh, so mm-hmm. you don't want to be questioned, you don't want to be held accountable for your shitty yes. theological beliefs, and you don't want people to stop giving you money? you want the- uh mm. Number three. Ding, ding, mm. ding, ding, ding. ding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it seems clear as day to me.
1: So right, quick correction, just because I might have said that incorrectly we have an idea that that bad things are never supposed to happen in the church. Well, it's right. the church, so everything should be perfect. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I mean by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you completely that deconstruction in some form or fashion is necessary. Yeah uh maybe essential to faith
0: especially at the age where it is seeming to tend to happen when people are growing up going separating themselves from their parents you have to create your own faith you cannot depend on sorry the faith of your father (laughs) (laughs) you have to like make it for yourself otherwise there's no personal relationship it's just tradition
1: well well, thank thank you for bringing that up because one of the things i will do in the book is if you know this is assuming i ever actually get it written you know but <laughs>
2: it's
1: a whole different assumption um it, i will push back on my dad about some things yeah and you know these are some things i've realized about my father that weren't uh ideal mm-hmm. that weren't quite you know my dad was a, was a southerner grew up in low country south carolina he would you know we didn't use the n word or anything like that but Sometimes references to those people or things like that. And he was not necessarily trying to be insulting, but I'm like, Dad, that's not how we talk about this anymore. You know, we've got, they're not those people, they're just people. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, so, so there were some, there were some things there, partly because of his age and, and so forth. But, uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have some. I would be very interested to see how he would be reacting to the CRT stuff that's going on right now.
2: The
0: CRT stuff is so annoying to me because I'm like, oh, (laughs) honey, boo-boo, they are not teaching your child critical race theory. They're teaching them about the world that they live in. They're not going to law school (laughs) currently.
1: (laughs) And still, I can't get anyone to adequately define none of these people who are anti-CRT even know what it is
0: which both amuses me and
1: infuriates me that's right that's right <laughs> no question yeah on top of that you know don't you love the term woke
0: oh i love oh, it woke. i am all right what, how do you define that it's somebody who um is into progress
1: <laughs> so I, I saw something on the on the twitters the other day the and, and somebody talking about you know being woke And I said, well, what do you mean by woke? And then I started getting recommendations for people who have podcasted about what woke means. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, am I going to put myself through this? Am I going to torture myself on Mm -hmm. my drive to Gaffney listening to this BS? And I, I haven't brought myself to do it yet. I I, I need more positivity in my life than that.
0: (laughs) Well, because people complain like, oh, all these woke millennials are canceling people. And it's like, "Mm, we're into progress and we're keeping people accountable because they're kind of being regressive at the moment.
1: Yeah, regressive. I like that term. And can we laugh at the idea of anybody in the Christian world talking about cancel culture? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Didn't we invent that?
0: I was canceled one a million times. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Didn't we create that whole thing with cancel mm-hmm. culture? Oh, don't go to Disney World because they're promoting. The gays, you know. Or the, no Harry the, Potter,
0: no Pokemon. Oh if you yeah. Were Mexican.
1: <laughs> oh, are y'all
0: anti anti Pokemon? Oh yeah, that was that. There were little demons. Yep. Mm-hmm. No
1: Pokemon oh, okay. for okay. us. <laughs> I remember the whole Harry Potter debate. Oh yeah, and, and um, you know, people, like, you're letting your kids read Harry Potter, and I'm like, look, if my son will read anything, I will let him read it. No question about it. Most and- of you
0: are letting your kid watch Cinderella.
1: Amen. Thank you very much and all kind of other little wizards and and you know all
0: oh, the talking animals like what do you think what the fuck are you thinking this all is? It's all <laughs> magic.
1: <laughs> but no they weren't doing that because they were anti yeah, yeah. Disney. You oh, know Disney was right, the right. devil mm-hmm. and because they were supporting the homosexual agenda and
0: it's a great agenda to support, let me tell you.
1: <laughs> listen. <laughs> You know, it's kind of like they they all got to get all the gay people in the world got together Mm -hmm. and and all the LGBTQ people got together and decided this is how we can take over the world.
0: Yep. Five point plan. It's all in place.
1: All in place. And (laughs) that's kind of like people talk about the liberal agenda. And I'm like, you can't get, you know, get 10 Democrats in a room and they can't agree on what to order for pizza, you know, much less... (laughs) and they're quite frankly they're not all that liberal so (laughs) well that's that may be another subject for another day Ah. but But what we're really trying to do and and if i can take a minute to talk a little bit about limestone and
0: yeah please what
1: we're seeing and um you know it's a small university 80 percent of our students are athletes oh oh interesting a small school it's only a thousand students so um We have sports. I've never even heard of Uh, (laughs) my, my intern is a part of the acro and tumbling team at limestone.
0: Oh yeah. That one's intense. Those, those
1: ones. Mm -hmm. Listen, check out, check out my Instagram. I have put up a video of her doing her routine with her team. And I said, I I was going to do this, but she said, she probably could do it for me. So, you know,
0: yeah, that she looks I'm like gonna, torture.
1: Oh my gosh, I, she's unbelievable—the mm-hmm. balance and the strength—and and, and an unbelievable person as well. Just a, a, you know, sometimes you see in students, and you are thinking, God, I wish I could be that way, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> as gracious and and loving and and uh, just really a person who digs deeply into her faith. Um, she didn't decide what she does based on what anybody else says. She's done the homework, you Mm -hmm. know, and and has done the hard work of looking at herself. And um, so these kids, you know, we, we pulled them together last year, we have 23 in our group and we went on a big retreat and it was really good. And what I'm seeing is they're just really struggling with life right now. Are we in a pandemic or are we out of the pandemic? <laughs> uh, do we put our mask on? Do we not put our mask on? Uh, you know, we've been on Zoom and social media for the last two years. How do we talk to other human beings? And what I've had to learn as a minister, because when I did youth work, you know, youth ministers do all kind of crap. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they get the food together. They plan the trip. They, and I started realizing, these are college students. This is a leadership program they don't need me to babysit them. Yeah. They can do this. And so I started saying, all right, y'all plan the calendar for next year, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, or, or y'all tell me what, you know, don't, don't wait on me to tell you what to do. You guys work on it and mm-hmm. they're responding in great ways. Um, I think we're at a point where we need more religion classes, not fewer We need more critical thinking, not less. Mm. And whether that's critical race theory or any other kind of critical thinking that we can have, um, uh, they need to learn how to think and find their voice. And so that's really what we're trying to do with them, uh, with these these students at, at our university. And I hope, I believe and I hope that other universities are doing the same. Um, luckily i haven't had anybody come to me and say well stop teaching critical race theory because i can't even define it
2: yeah
1: Uh, (laughs) we call that history where i'm from okay
0: yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) and Mm.
1: you as a a person from a country who has suffered a little bit because of the united states just uh, a tad just a touch Mm. uh you know maybe a little bit Uh, you probably appreciate knowing the actual truth about things that we've done. Yeah. Why Christians are so averse to handling the truth is just beyond me. Where in your Bible does it tell you to avoid truth, to avoid soul searching, to avoid uh, self-reflection and critical thinking about yourself?
0: Well, I'll tell you
1: okay you tell
0: me (laughs) the truth this is what i've come to believe and where i've come with my journey of being compassionate to people who are a little bit dumb and christians um (laughs) it is said that the truth will set you free but freedom like the concert freedom is not free freedom is not easy freedom is not cute well said freedom is not this i'm gonna have a gun that's not freedom right freedom is living outside of the boundaries of a box that we have all constructed for ourselves and thinking about others and places and ideas in a completely different way that is freedom is being able to open your mind to new possibilities christians are not into freedom christians want their box they want their 10 point sermon they wanted to go to church, on. they want their routines, their schedules, their, I just got to follow these rules and this is what it is. This is what a Christian looks like. So I'm going to just do that. They are not interested in freedom.
1: That is really well said. So um, they're not that
0: interested in truth.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is really well said. And, and I think we go back to the scripture that says, to whom much is given, much is expected. Mm -hmm. and you really can't apply that to what you're saying because great freedom brings great responsibility yep we want to be able to do whatever we want to do but we don't want to be responsible for it Mm -hmm. and uh, and that's what we call freedom well you're right it's not actually freedom Mm -hmm. Uh, uh if you're going to truly have freedom it can't just be freedom for some or freedom for one. It's got to be freedom for everyone,
0: which is what and
1: Jesus called hard. us to. That's right. That's right. It's really hard. And <laughs> your discussion of, of and all right, so mission trip culture. Let's talk mission trip <laughs> culture <for today.
0: laughs> Yes.
2: Oh.
1: <laughs> so one of one of my hardships has been, you know, I never was into, probably the most embarrassing thing I could tell you about my youth ministry career is that I took my students to a Carmen concert in 1993. Uh, Amazing. Have I regretted that for the rest of my, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, why do I have them here? I don't buy a damn thing this guy's saying.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> oh yes, yes. yes.
1: Oh. But you know, that's what you were supposed to do right. in, in 90s evangelical culture. You know, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. 90s youth group culture. I'm proud to say I never did true love weights with my youth groups. Bless you. Never did it. And, and, uh, I saw that and was like, yeah, I'm not doing that crap.
0: <laughs> Hell yes.
1: <laughs> and, uh, and, and never really caught a lot of flag for it either. I mean, never, never got a lot of grief for it. I did do see you at the poll cause I got pressured by parents and that was mm. kind of, again, a little embarrassing, but <laughs> It's um
0: we um, all have all of our embarrassing things that we did. We all have our embarrassing (laughs) things.
1: So what what I've realized in the last few years is I didn't do the high pressure sales. Here we go again. High pressure evangelical sales pitch. Mm -hmm. But I knew how to push kids' buttons. Yeah. I knew how to get them wound up. I knew how to get the tear ducts flowing. And, you know, while it wasn't every Wednesday or every Sunday or whatever, when we went to camp, I knew Mm -hmm. how to do that. Mm -hmm. Real mission Mm -hmm. trip, knew how to do that. Mm -hmm. And I have really questioned myself and said, why did you do that? Yeah. Why did you feel the need? You know, and it was because. Yeah, I liked having kids get saved on my watch. I liked doing baptisms, and and uh, we we were at a, our first church was a little country church in eastern North Carolina, and I mean we baptized in six years eighty four people. Wow. There were fewer than that going to church when we went there, you know, and, <laughs> and uh, we would have seven, we'd have 175 in worship and 90 at youth group on Sunday nights, mm-hmm. but it was that cult, you know, and, and, and I hate to admit it. I got caught up in that cult of personality. Yeah. Um, now, keep in mind, this is a county that only had 7,000 people in it, so you didn't have to have much personality to be the biggest show in town. Yeah. <laughs> okay we've got to do away with that that's got to go we're all vul- even the those of us who don't believe in it are vulnerable to it if we're not careful yeah and so you know um do you know what elevation where was i going with that i don't really know um <laughs> it's, uh, but it, you know we can't let ourselves be drawn into that cultic culture
0: Yes, which is what megaturches are really into. Hmm.
1: Sure, sure. It, it's not a, you know, and and um, I think as as Aslan says, uh, you know, today's cult is tomorrow's religion. So be careful to use the word cult. Um, but I, I do think that we we try to buy into this this high cultic idea that this great leader, great person, is going to lead us to the promised land. What I started to tell my students is, look, Christianity's hard. Mission trips that make you feel good about yourself are not mission trips. Mm -hmm. They're self-esteem trips. Mm -hmm. They're cultural experiences. Mm -hmm. Which is fine and has its place. Just quit calling it missions. Yep. Uh, Quit calling it uh helping the least of these that's not what you're doing
0: yeah leave the least of us alone god damn
1: <laughs> <laughs> leave the world's worst pastor and his cohort josie alone there amen cool. <laughs> that time for that stuff you know and um i don't know if you've ever read jamie wright uh who called herself the world's worst missionary for mm-hmm. a while and uh, i asked her permission before i started the world's worst pastor blog Oh love uh, that. But she tells a story about being on these, you know, being overseas for missions and realizing this is a scam. Mm -hmm. This is a multi billion dollar a year industry. And that's what this has become.
0: Yeah, it's just a little tourist trip, but with some feel good vibes.
1: Sure. The hard work of Christian faith and the hard work of real missions is going to the school every day to mentor or tutor that kid who has no one to help them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It is trying to help the person, you know, who's in addiction and caught in that trap to get out of it. Mm-hmm. And that is what we don't want to do. Yep. Because it doesn't bring numbers. We don't get great pictures of us with our little Brown brothers and sisters mm. And we don't. And in fact, I have actually forbidden pictures on mission projects from absolutely, for that as you should. And you can take pictures of each other, mm-hmm. but none of this stuff of "Hey, look at all our nice white kids holding these these children from from Africa or South America or wherever we're from." Yep. No more of that. Uh, let's get serious about doing the hard work that has to be done. Yep if we can get to that point then maybe we can make some progress yeah we're not going to be the biggest baddest coolest thing in town but maybe we're not supposed to be anyway Mm -hmm. so um and don't get me started on christian persecution either i can go go for a while on that that (sighs) one. don't get me started (laughs) Uh
0: persecution
1: (laughs) i can't say merry christmas ain't nobody saying
0: that you can't say merry christmas just
1: whatever oh Uh, yeah the the whole yeah
0: this conversation has been
1: great
0: wow really
1: enjoyed it um pretty cathartic for me letting me share some things i haven't been able to share to this point
0: yeah and i feel like we came up with topics for our next conversation you'll have to come back when spencer's here because she's different than me
1: oh i I would definitely loved it her and her her new baby adventures and all that kind of stuff oh
0: yeah she's also much nicer (laughs) (laughs) kinder
1: i'm not sure we'll get along
0: Oh, she's a little, she's a little spicy too. Don't worry about it.
1: Yeah. She, I think, I think both of y'all have, have some good spice going on there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and I, I really have enjoyed listening to the podcast. So, so, uh um, and certainly appreciate the opportunity to come on. Anytime. I miss podcasting. I miss it a lot. uh, But I just don't know that I've got the time to go back to it, but. If I do, the World's Worst Pastor podcast is coming to you. Oh,
0: I feel like the world needs that. Hmm.
1: Uh, check out the WWP blog. It's pretty funny. Um, yeah. I haven't posted in a while, but, but I'm trying to get some stuff back up there in the next few weeks. So.
0: What else do you have to plug?
1: Um, uh, at DrTom78 on Twitter or at Worst Pastor on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> So if you want the serious side, go to at Dr. Tom 78, that's worthless sports talk and, and like more academic and and stayed conversation at worst pastor. That's where you get the hard stuff, man. Yeah, that's where the snark and sarcasm come alive. And I'm here for it.
0: (laughs) I love it. Well, again, come back whenever you want. We came up with many a topic during this little time. And and
1: if you have something you you want me to to wax like I'm an actual academic about, I can do that. I can pretend. I'm a great...
0: I love it. Me too. Academia, <laughs> academia,
1: whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, can, I can sound like I know what I'm talking about, whether I do or not. So.
0: I'm a typical white man. I mean, am I right?
1: Uh, well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I hate to say it, but you're not, you're not wrong. You are not wrong.
0: I know I live with one now and it's r- very funny where I'm like, mm, are you a this to you right now, white man? <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, Josie, one last thing. And this yes. is pretty funny. You, I got to tell you this one because, because my daughter and, and all right. So, I remember people used to ask me to teach parenting classes. If they saw my kids now, they would never ask me. (laughs) No, and and I don't believe there's any formula for how to do this. Absolutely not. The guessing game. So my daughter is a little off the rails religiously. Uh, During the pandemic, she was burning something in her room and we thought she was smoking pot and she was like, "Uh, dad, that's sage. I'm burning sage to cleanse the room and Uh... all this stuff so and so now that's our joke hey abby you got any sage burning up there you know <laughs> and um uh great great kid um and, and you know she does the whole i'm non-binary and mm-hmm. you know her old dad doesn't totally understand um but uh she is 13 percent mexican Oh, hell yeah, girl. We've done the DNA thing. Oh, yeah, my wife's got... You need to have my wife on. She can tell you that whole story, and you would really love that one. Um, But her her boyfriend said something about the cat being a beaner. (laughs) Oh. Oh, <laughs> no, he did not know that was a slur. He had no idea that was yeah. a slur. He just did it And so she put some video up on TikTok about her boyfriend saying this, and, and like she didn't realize she was 13% Mexican. It got like a million views, and we're like, what? <laughs> Can't believe this thing is free you know i mean yeah. oh. so her talking about her boyfriend calling her a beater and just dragged him through the tiktoks yeah uh all because of that so so anyway um thank you much <laughs> for having me on i'll leave you with that little humorous story there
0: i love it oh friends we have fun here on this podcast if you like this podcast rate review subscribe on apple Podcasts or wherever you listen i um copied that from a couple of the podcasters so i hope i got it right uh, <laughs> you can follow us on speaking in church where i'm doing the whole real thing on instagram um listen don't judge me too hard okay this shit is hard i'm not young i'm not a spring chicken okay i'm old i'm a grandmother <sighs> And what else? Oh, you can follow me on Josie Takes the World and you can follow Spencer and the Boo Boo at Spence Rose. Um, I think that's it. Well, we've had a lot of woke conversations today. (laughs) So as I always say, stay woke or get woke. And as Spencer always says, Jesus loves you.